you know, I was 12 years old and uh, I took my mom's camera. I went out to the protest and I wanted to film it. Uh, I had a passion for film. So I started run, running towards the protesters. And I'm telling you the first five step, steps I took that way, I got I got shot. Like love in the moment and I see Sajad and I'm like, I put that drone down so fast. <laughs> and I was like, I need you right now. I was like, I'm working with you. Welcome to another episode of the 52 Stories podcast. My name is Omar, at Omar M. Wasim, and today I'm joined by Yezin Mizyed. He is a filmmaker and also the head of operations and media at Muslims of the World. What's up, bro? Man, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to be here, man. Uh, I watched a few of your episodes and I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much. Um, I've been following your work for, for a decent amount of time, so it's awesome that we're finally able to connect directly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are for the people that don't know who you are. My name is Yazan Mizyid. Uh, so uh, I'm the head of media and operations at Muslims of the World. And that's actually very recent in my career that, uh, you know, I took that role. And uh, I'm a Palestinian filmmaker. I grew up in Palestine, moved to the States four years ago. So uh, I moved to the States four years ago to study, help my dad with his businesses and uh, I found my career in those four years that I've been in the United States and uh, it's been awesome. So I guess you've been doing filmmaking, obviously, as you said, for multiple years, um, but you've been getting a lot of traction, I guess, you know, as your career progressed. But recently, especially, you had a tweet that went very viral. Um, and I guess I'll kind of let you tell the story, you know, properly. Yes. So the background, uh, the background of the tweet was, uh, you know, I was 12 years old and uh, I took my mom's camera. And uh, right after Jum'ah prayer, I went out to the protest and I wanted to film it. Uh, I had a passion for film and it, it, I, I had this urge that I wanted to go and show people what's going on in Palestine because it was right next to my house. People were getting shot next to my house every day. I, I, I've, I've witnessed people, you know, get killed wow. as a child. So I wanted to document this. So I took the camera out and I went and stood by the press where the press were standing. So it's the protesters are here. The soldiers are here and the, pro, the press is in the middle on the side. Mm -hmm. So I go stand by the press. But, you know, I'm, uh, I want to get closer to the soldiers. I want okay. to document exactly what they're doing. And I, I got few warnings. You know, one soldier would tell me back off. You know, I wouldn't listen and I'd curse back at him. I'd show him that I'm not moving. I'm a 12 year old kid. Right. But the last thing I would think is that this soldier would shoot me, you know? So uh, eventually it got to a stage where there was so much like uh, tear gas around. Everybody was choking. I didn't have a, a gas mask or anything. So right. I had to run. I had to, I had to get out of the, the place that I was in. I was between the soldiers and the, pro, uh, and the protesters. So I started run, running towards the protesters. And I'm telling you the first five step, steps I took that way. I got, I got shot. So I like, uh, I didn't think that I was being targeted, but my family were like, you know, they, they, they didn't shoot you on accident. They, they, they wanted to hit you. They waited for that moment and they hit you. So my dad got in contact with the embassy. There was a big like problem going on. My, like my dad isn't a Palestinian. He's actually American, not by blood, by paper. Right. Uh, so, uh, he, he managed to get the soldiers out of the village, which is like unheard of, like be, because Ooh, he wow. is American. And, uh, ever since then, man, I, I never let go of that camera. I feel like I have a duty to, to show what's going on 
in Palestine. And I don't know if you if you heard of this, but uh, there's now a law in Palestine that you can't record at protests, and uh, you get at least eight months if you get caught. And guess really? when they made that law? After, after the last video I made the, at the protests. So to know that I'm making a difference is the best feeling in the world. And I guarantee you, I will not stop, no matter what. Every time I go to Palestine, expect a new protest video. So you made a protest video, and because of that video, they passed, or like right after that video, they passed a law that says you can't film at protests? Yes, yes. And not only that, like at the time, they shut down my Instagram, and then I got a letter. It's called the tabligh in Arabi. They, uh, they send it to, to people that they're, like, they're watching, basically. Mm -hmm. And they told me that I violated Israeli human rights. It's called Intihak al-Hakuk al-Israeliyya. And wow. uh, yeah, so it, it, I've always had this weird uh, touch. That's like, I, I honestly never, never knew that that's insane. Um, how did, how did that translate, you know, from like you as a 12 year old with a camera at a protest, how did that translate into like, you know, what was the, the progression to becoming like a full fledged filmmaker from there? You know, uh, as a child, you know, I wasn't, it didn't hit me that, you know, I want to become this filmmaker as soon as I got shot. You know what right, I mean? Right. Where it really hit me was whenever I moved to America and, you know, I spoke to my English teacher and she was like, right. Like, you know, you, you write essays. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was like early on whenever I first moved to the United States, junior year of high school. And uh, it was about like just something interesting that happened in your life. Okay. And uh, I told my teacher that I got shot and she went crazy. She was like, like, did you like she was like did you, you got shot by like a, a pellet gun or like i was like i got shot by an m16 and she, that's where i realized that my story wasn't normal you know what i mean and i realized that uh i had a passion and i could chase what i wanted through that and actually like it became an obsession that i i need to show palestine through a lens whether i'm showing the beauty or showing what's going on politically or you know, sharing a story from with uh, like of somebody that lives in Palestine. I've I just have this deep obsession with Palestine now. Uh, you know, it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just beautiful to me. It's just beautiful. I could never let it go. That's awesome. Um, and I guess one thing I've noticed about Palestinians, uh, all my Palestinian friends, they have the most like pride in their background and in their country and their home state. Um, than anyone I've ever met. You know, you see like Free Palestine and all their bios, like you, you can just like, they embody it, right? And yeah. it, it sets them apart from basically all my other friends. Um, do you wanna talk about where that like pride in your, in your home country, like where that comes from? So that comes from uh, actually believing that we will one day free Palestine and co constantly fueling the fire of loving i don't know there's this there, there whenever you meet a palestinian you will hear i'm from palestine you know what i mean i'm palestinian right. uh that we you know whenever we talk about our land it's like man jesus has been here Sayyidina muhammad has been here all the prophets has been, it's like we it's like the history in the land just ties us to it we could never leave we will return and uh there's this deep love for the land that, that is just very, very hard to explain. Mm -hmm. uh, some Palestinians say the land speaks to them. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's honestly beautiful. It's beautiful. 
Right. Uh, one day, I hope to take you there, honestly. Inshallah, I'm 100% down. I actually took my partner, Sajad, to, uh, to, uh, with Muslims of my partner from, right. with Muslims of the world. We went to Palestine. He came to my village, and he experienced what Palestine really is. Wow, dude, I'd love to come. You know, inshallah, let's make it happen um, after, after the whole pandemic thing. Man, it would be beautiful. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's like L.A., but uh, occupied. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but occupied, that's, that's amazing. Um, and the second part to the question I asked is, I, I'm guessing that some people listening don't really know uh, the background um, of, you know, Palestine and the occupation. Um, is that something that you could shed some light upon? Uh, it, it started before 1948, but in 1948, I hate to say this, but the state of Israel was established and uh, it was established, established through uh, the killing of Palestinian people. They exiled Palestinians out from the land and they kept these two strips of land to just house the Palestinians in. And it constantly gets smaller with illegal set settlements. So, uh, so ever since 1948, it's, it's been a hell for the Palestinians, Get, either getting killed, exiled, like the ones that live in Lebanon now, the ones that live in Jordan, they live in refugee camps, you know? They, you know, I'm lucky to live in the United States. Like, I have cousins that live in Lebanon and cannot leave Lebanon. They live in a refugee camp, which wow. I'm actually going to be covering very soon. I'm headed to Lebanon in the next month, inshallah. Inshallah, uh, awesome. But uh, I'm actually meeting my cousins for the first time. Uh, the first refugees, time. yeah. Like ever. Ever. They are refugees. They live a horrible life. A horrible life. They, they live, they cannot pay their electricity. They don't have cars. They don't have water. Like, and these are my cousins, man. Like, I feel like I have a responsibility. So I will always document. I will try to help. Like, it, any Palestinian in the world that needs help, I am willing to help. If one day I get a call and I hear that there is a Palestinian in Croatia needs help, I will, I will be there for, for any Palestinian. Uh, I, I, I have an obligation. I, ha I live this fortunate life. To, you know, I live in America. I have a job, all this. I have to give back to my people because I lived with my people in Palestine and I know what some of them are going through. That's, that's like, I'm, I'm speechless from, from that answer. Um, it, it, I guess there's a lot of filmmakers as you, as you know, in this space, there's a, there's a lot of filmmakers. Um, but I don't know personally anyone who has like a compelling, like a, a driving force, um, that's as, as like deeply rooted as, as yours. I love is. that. Thank you. Thank um, you. I guess the, uh, the other part of, of, of your story is is obviously uh, fast forwarding a little bit. It's Muslims of the world. Um, yes. You did mention that it's it's relatively recent in your career. So, what was the buildup? How did you like become a part of Muslims of the world? Man, this is a story on its own. Okay. So uh, we're actually working on a beautiful project. Uh, I, I'll show it to you before I show it to anyone else. I'll just say mm. that. Um, but in 2014, uh, I sent Sajad a message. Uh, on the Muslims of the World page, the DM still exists. And I was living in Palestine at the time, and I shared my story with him, the one of me getting shot. Right. And he didn't respond. So uh, uh, ever since then, I've been, uh, I've been just persistent on getting to Sajad, and it never worked. Because, come on, like, put yourself in his position. Like, I wouldn't have responded either. But uh, I found my way. And uh, 
2018, I went to his book launch in Chicago. Chicago is its own story, by the way. But I went to his <laughs> book launch in Chicago and I tried to meet him. I was like, yo, I DM'd you in 2014. Didn't respond. He, did, he, he couldn't give me any mind. It was his book launch. He was the man of the hour. I, he, he couldn't give me any words. Okay. So I was like, man, I give up. For four years, I tried to get in contact with this guy from 2014 to 2018. So I was like, okay, that's it. And then uh, this is going to be interesting. I convinced a, uh, a charity that I've worked with charities before and I've made films for charities and I've been to all these places that I haven't been to just so I could go on the same trip as Sajat. And they told Ooh. me you're on. I'm not going to name the, the charity, but okay. it's, the, it's the one where I met Sajad in Ethiopia. In Ethiopia. Yeah, I met Sajad in Ethiopia, but he wasn't even supposed to come. Whenever I landed in Ethiopia, I found out that Sajad had, had, had some dental work and he wasn't going to make it. No. So I was, on my third day in Ethiopia, already, I, was like, I already knew he wasn't going to come and stuff. I was flying my drone and whenever I'd fly my drone in Ethiopia, there'd be like a crowd of people because they've never seen a drone before, you know? Right. Uh, it was, man, it was the most beautiful thing ever. It was the first time I experienced this at the same time. So I was experiencing the crowds, people never seeing like this equipment. And they were like, what is that? And I'm like loving the moment. And I see Sajad and I'm like, I put that drone down so fast. <laughs> and I was like, I need you right now. I was like, I'm working with you. And honestly, man, ever since then, I just, uh, I, I proved myself uh, to be, you know, fit for the job. Uh, I had to learn a lot. Sajad, you know, uh, he's my mentor now. And uh, he doesn't only, uh, we don't only work together. He teaches me about business. And because we actually have another business on the side, Muslims of the world is a page, but we also have a consulting firm. Oh, okay. So Sajad's been amazing, man. He's been, he, he, it's a movie. It's like, you, you don't get anybody in your life. Not, it's not, it's very rare right. to find somebody that will teach you the ins and outs of business and to, to give you opportunity to test your art. And it's just, the greatest thing that's happened to me that's that's awesome um yeah do you we've mentioned muslims of the world um in a good bit but i feel like um some of the audience who are listening to this might not know um what muslims of the world is yes. uh, do you want to give that introduction so muslims of the world is a platform that shares stories about muslims or the muslim world to show the true muslim world you know uh the image of the muslim world has been uh, you know what I mean. It's uh, been, it hasn't yeah. been the best. Definitely. So we, our work is to, to show the reality, the actual beauty of the Muslim world. Man, if I can be Palestinian and go through what I went through and still be happy, it's honestly my religion that did that. It's, you know, it's not me just being an optimistic person. My religion told me through hardship uh, comes, ease. comes ease. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, through hardship comes ease and man it's real and uh and there's so many great people out there and there's so many great muslims and there those few muslims that really mess up the image uh they don't represent us you know if look man look the way sajad helped me like that may allah grant him paradise for that you know what i mean it's beautiful right. it's like there's so many great muslims out there there's so many muslims that need help and we also do that, you know, we're also a nonprofit. Uh, Muslims of the world started off as a regular Instagram page to a movement where 
people would send in their stories and we'd share them into a book where we took the most impactful stories we, we could get and we put them in a book and it became a bestseller. It was beautiful. And now we are a nonprofit where we help, uh, you know, we do a lot of ph philanthropy work. We went to Kenya, we went to Ethiopia, we've been to Palestine, we've, we, uh, domestically in the United States, we just did New York. Uh, we're, I forget, we, 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 we honestly travel so much that I forget, but we have so many beautiful projects and so many more to come, you know? This, the scope of that story is, is just insane. Um, you went from an Instagram page to, to a nonprofit, and, and wrote, like you guys wrote a, uh, wrote a book of like who, who wakes up one day and just goes like, you know, we're, we're going to write a book. Um, whose idea was That's it? That's Sajad Shah. He, I think he's the only person uh, I know that would do that. And was it received <laughs> well? You, you mentioned like there were book launches. Um, how was it received? Yeah, yeah. By? It was like I attended one of the book launches, you know, like I went just uh, as a fan, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, man, it was packed and the venues were beautiful and the, it was just a beautiful atmosphere. You know, he brought poets. He'd bring he'd bring artists to, to the book launches to showcase other Muslim talent, not only what he did but others, which was so beautiful to me. You know what I mean? Right. He, he took advantage of, you know, traveling to all these cities and showcasing different people. That's amazing. It was amazing. Um, and I guess what's, you've obviously, said, uh, you've obviously said a lot of good things um, about Sajad um, and, you know, how he, how he changed your life. I've had scenarios, not to the scale of you where I've chased like someone for years and finally actually got to work with them, but there have been a lot of creators that I've really wanted to work with. and. I ended up actually working with them. Um, one of my like best friends was someone who I used to like look up to as like a, a photography inspiration. What's it like to go from fan to like colleague slash close friend? You know, with Sajad, um, it, it, it wasn't like a, a fan thing. I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't. It was, I was so inspired by him. He's not, you know, Sajad's not a filmmaker. He's not a photographer. Right. I don't know what he does, but he does what, he, He's a perfectionist, like say with the Muslims of the world page, even with our side businesses, he's such a perfectionist. And I wanted to reach that level of just, I was sick of working on half-assing stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Because, you know, I would go out and work with, with celebrities and I wouldn't get to where I wanted to get, or I wouldn't send the messages that I wanted to send. And Sajad just knew how to send a message. He knew how to... There was something about him that I knew that if we put our, our, our talents together, it could be very powerful because Sajad's a storyteller and I could tell a story through a camera. So, and we have Muslims of the world, you know what I mean? So if we put these two things together and we, we do it with the Muslim world, I feel like it, there's no better duo to, to showcase the Muslim world. Of course, with the help of the whole Muslim world, but right. you know, it's it, it, the page. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I'm honestly like, I've been speechless, I think more times in this episode than yeah, in any of the, the previous episodes. Um, but you mentioned that, you know, you were, you know, working with celebrities and I guess it wasn't portraying the message maybe that you wanted to. I've also seen that you guys on, on your page have worked with a good amount of like the, the quote unquote Muslim celebrities. Um, like off the top of my head, you guys have worked with JD and, you know, I saw something of, uh, with Adam Saleh recently. Hey, I don't mean to, uh, hey, JD is actually coming over after tomorrow. He's, he's going to be spending like a week over here. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys are like close with them and, and everything. Man, JD is my bro, man. 
That's awesome. Like what, what is, first off, what is that like? Second off, um, what is it like to kind of go from working with, you know, maybe celebrities that don't necessarily make you feel fulfilled in your work. And then I'm assuming, you know, with these Muslim celebrities, you, you know, it's, you, you have that like passion and it is yeah. like, giving across the right messages. Um, what's that like? You know, uh, I found purpose with working with Muslims. Forget the audience that they have. You know, I have, you know, I work with bigger people because of the platform that I have. You know what I mean? But I lost that excitement for fame. Like working with celebrities before. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it so easy to work with people like in the Muslim world. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Okay. So uh, I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I reached out to football players uh, for LSU. My dad actually played for LSU. Oh, wow. And uh, so it was very easy to get in contact with LSU players, and that's where it started. Okay. So uh, I started hanging out with all these LSU players. Some, a lot of them are in the NFL right now, first-round picks. Jeez. Um, okay. Uh, and I'm actually very close with them still, but uh, I was making videos with them. It was actually just for fun, you know? I was just having a good time. I was in high school, they were in college, and I was I wanted to play football in college. And uh, so I would be around them a lot, you know, just have a good time. But then I started working with more serious celebrities. So through these football players, I started meeting Olympians. So I'm good friends with Lolo Jones. Oh, uh, she's wow. a three-time Olympian, working on her fourth. She'll be at the next Olympics, inshallah. I said inshallah, so inshallah, shout out yeah. to Lolo. Uh, shout out to Lolo. Uh, but, uh, you know, I started working with Lolo. That was awesome. You know, we might work again, but that was also for fun. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't find the business part of it, you know, and mm. I don't think I found the business part of it yet. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah. So uh, the only way I found it was through advertisements, making advertisements for uh, companies. I never got to make what I wanted for people. And that mm. was the fulfillment part, you know? Right. Not not being able to send the messages that I want to send. And through Muslims of the world, that's what I found fulfillment in. You know, I mm -hmm. started sending, sharing messages like my own people that are struggling, people that have been through stuff. And what led to Muslims of the world was working in the music industry after working with all these athletes. So right. I entered the music industry okay. and I worked with a very big label. Now oh. I can say who they are. Okay. But uh, it's on the back of my car. If you ever seen the sticker on the back of my car. Okay. And I have not personally, no. Okay. Well, it's EXO. Oh, okay. That's. So, yeah, I was with them for eight months and uh, didn't work out the best. Uh, I wish the best for the people that worked with me on the project, but uh, it was a very hectic, hectic uh, project. And it led me back to Islam 100%. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. uh, absolutely. So, uh, I, I was working in Chicago with EXO. I went to the book launch in Chicago, met the people that took me to Ethiopia at Sajad's book launch. So, bro, at that book launch, I just started a whole new life. So I knew Muslims of the world was going to change my life. You know? That's awesome. Um, and I guess before, before we kind of switch into like the personal side of your life, I, I want to ask a question that I've asked a lot of filmmakers and photographers before. You've obviously been on a lot of shoots. So as you know, shoots always, you know, they always go wrong. Like they, they're, they're more likely to go wrong than they are to go right. Um, what's been the craziest thing that's happened to you on a shoot? So the craziest thing that happened to me on a shoot was it didn't happen on set. I actually had to leave set. Okay. 
so I was shooting a music video for uh, for a rapper in Baton Rouge. Okay. And uh, so I, I get a call and my dad tells me, come to the gas station right now. Okay. And uh, I, I, I hold off this music video and this artist is big. Okay. Right. Okay. If you look up Baton Rouge and look, Baton Rouge artists, it's top two and it's not two. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, so I, I get to the gas station and this dude is trying to fight my dad. So like I, I held off a, a music video. I actually had to return money to the people that I was shooting the music video for because I had to leave the set. They got super mad, but I had to leave. My dad was, this dude was trying to fight my dad and I have a, I have a history in boxing. You know, I used to box. Okay. So I literally get to the gas station. I throw one punch, knock out the dude and go back to set. And the police come take this dude and I'm on set. And that was it. it, it it's, it's, it, my dad uses this story anytime my dad like t wants to like show his son off he's like <laughs> so once i called my son and uh, you know he was doing this this music video and then he comes throws one punch and leaves and that, that that's it's honestly his favorite story that's it's speechless again like just knock knock the dude out and go back to a set yeah he was actually being really racist like i walk oh, into wow. the store and he's calling my dad like a terrorist and all this stuff Oh, oh like, all right. God. I was like, shit. I know how to solve this. I didn't <laughs> throw it behind his back for the people that uh, are, again, oh. sneaking up on people. I actually right. looked him in the eye. I showed him that I was this dude's son. Mm -hmm. And then I threw a nice little hook to his chin. We love to see it. We love to see it. We love um, to see it. <laughs> and I guess now it's kind of time, if you're okay with it, to switch into like the personal side. Um, you know, who is Yezin you know, behind the camera? Um, first off, I guess you, you mm -hmm. mentioned that you live in Louisiana. Uh, does all your time go towards working on Muslims of the world? Do, do you, are you still in school? You know, things like that. So uh, I currently live in Indiana now. Oh, okay. And uh, I did live in Louisiana and I was studying nursing okay. uh, in Louisiana. And uh, I, left, I left nursing once I realized that uh, what I'm chasing is worth it and uh, I could live off of it. You know what I mean? Right. Sajad so helped me find people network. I started networking with the different Muslim businesses. Mm. And uh, basically we do consulting for, for startups, apps. We work with companies like Minder. Minder's are actually our, our favorite and top client. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the Muslim uh, Tinder for people who are listening. No, it's the Muslim marriage app. Ah, right, right. I uh, download right. it today. And if I know you personally, uh, I'll cover your premium for a few months. But, uh, yeah, so Sajad find, helped me find a way to start networking and start, start working, uh, you know, closer with the Muslim community. And ever since then, I dropped out of school. I started working full-time. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. I'm doing uh, okay. And uh, I do it full-time now. Wow. That's, that's, that's awesome to hear that. You know, I think if you're listening to this and you're still in school, don't take this the wrong way. But from what I've seen, a lot of successful people who are like successful today, they dropped out. And for them, it was like the best thing they've ever done for themselves. Uh, were you scared? What was going on in your mind when you dropped out? It was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. No joke. Wow. Uh, man, you know, I, I wanted to make the, that 60000 that a nurse makes. And I thought that was like the most beautiful thing ever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'll be, I'll be right under a doctor. And I knew that. I couldn't see myself as a nurse, but I was still, you know, studying and getting all the work done. And the moment my parents told me, you know, you should consider maybe leaving school. Once they saw that I was starting to establish my actual business, mm -hmm. uh, I knew that it was the right thing to do. Once my parents, like, you know, they, they started pushing me towards, you know, you could go pursue your business. 
I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And alhamdulillah, like knowing that they support my, that decision made me a lot more confident. It made me, uh, it made me stronger and it actually helped my business, you know, right. Made me a lot more patient. Uh, they told me, look, you have time, you could grow. And with the help of Sajad, uh, in the, the last year that I've left school, it's been insane. It's been a crazy, crazy ride. I'm telling you, man. So, so what does your, your, your daily schedule look like then? Because I mean, I see on your stories, you're very, you know, you're very, um, uh, you, like you use your Instagram stories a lot, which is something mm -hmm. I, I love to see people do. Um, and your schedule changes a lot from the looks of it. Uh, what, oh, is a day, what is it? What is it like a day in your life look like? So one thing Sajad taught me was wake up early and do your bed. Okay. So every day Sajad and I wake up at 6 a.m. Every okay. single day. No matter where we are on earth, we're waking up at 6 a.m. Okay. And we're working. Okay. So we work, go to the gym. We're actually working on our body transformation off of our stories. We, have, we go to the gym every single day. I don't document that. Okay. And uh, we're getting fit. Uh, my daily life consists of working out, working, and getting better at my craft. That's it. Every single day. And it's not an exaggeration. For those people that know me, know that I, every single day I wake up, drink a cup of water, and I'm out. That's amazing. Uh, this is this is off the record, but like I've been, I, I read a book because I, I do read like those personal development, like get, get better uh, books. I read mm -hmm. a book and I started waking up at 5 a.m. and then I stopped. And then later on in life, I actually had stuff to do. So this was like earlier in the year, I started working on an app startup. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. I, so I'm, I'm waking up at like 5 a.m. And it's the best thing or 5, 5.30 a.m. And it's the best thing I've ever done for the myself. The best thing, man. Honestly, you know, uh, probably like a year ago, I, I watched a video of Elon Musk. They were like, what time do you wake up? He was like, I wake up whenever I want to wake up. So I was like, yo, I got, I got to do that. Just yeah. wake up whenever I want. <laughs> I'll feel great. No, I was waking up at one o'clock doing nothing with my And you my don't day. feel great. And I was actually borderline depressed. I'm not even yeah. joking yeah. because uh, I, I wasn't doing anything. And I knew that I have the energy and I have the potential to actually do something. And uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't submitting my projects on time. I wasn't doing my schoolwork on time. I wasn't doing this. And then I started waking up early. Sajad was like, yo, there's one thing you're doing wrong. And this one thing will change your life. It will change the way you speak. It will change the way you function. It cha it'll change the, the, the way It'll change you as a person. It really will. Well, dude, I wish just waking guys, up early. It really I wish does. you guys lived here, bro. You guys are like my ideal like friends, bro. Uh, man, uh, I'd love to meet you, man. Honestly, inshallah, soon. And inshallah. we'll be we'll be there soon. Say no more. Okay, for sure. Like once you're here, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. So think think it carefully. Uh, no, no, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> and I guess the next question I have, kind of segueing from that, is obviously you said that you wake up very early and you go to the gym and you get an early start to your day. Um, but what does your, your general, like, what do you do in the day? Um, cause I, I'm guessing you're not shooting like films every single day. No. So, uh, I wake up in the morning, I head to the office. We have an office here in Fishers, Indiana, and, uh, we have an espresso machine, top notch state of the art espresso machine. If you didn't know, I'm low key a barista. Uh, I whip up a white mocha in the morning. I whip one up for me, Sajad, anybody else that wants one. I make all types of drinks for everybody. That's how we start our day. Mm -hmm. And then I get on Slack, check, check what's going on over there. Then on my to-do list, either add stuff, put that I'm doing something or put stuff as done. And then uh, we, we hit the gym after we get, you know, a few hours of work in. 
uh, and after the gym, it, man, it, that's where it starts to just shape, like, what's the focus of today? Are we focusing mm-hmm. on a project with Muslims of the world? Or are we focusing on, um, uh, is there like an advertisement we have to do? Or is there a film we have to shoot, a documentary? Uh, so our, our day starts the same. Every, the first few hours of the day are the same. Wake up, coffee, we sit down, work, and then it could be anything. Whether I were in New York or it, you, I could be in China the first few hours of the day are going to be the same that's, and then whatever is after is after that's awesome um what is your because you're traveling a lot what does your like social life look like it's dead man it's i'm not gonna lie to you i wish it was this popping uh dms were popping or whatever no man i have the driest dms I have barely any friends. My friends are my coworkers and I love it. I'm not going to lie. It's not like yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, I want to go get friends and stuff. I'm kind of in a stage where work is just my life. You know what I mean? And uh, I love getting better. At, like as a person, I feel like I'm getting better and I feel like I shouldn't focus on friend groups and stuff. I'm growing with people that I love. You know what I mean? You know, I don't consider Sajad a friend. I consider him a brother. And I, like we're our bond is getting stronger our business is getting better and muslims of the world is thriving we're helping millions of people you know what i mean it's amazing to to say we're sajad and i have our non-profit and then we have our business to be able to to i'm telling you man this is very rare for to be able to to stand a person from like with two things two different things it's like bro we don't even have any problems alhamdulillah like it's it's this beautiful bond like he'll call me like yo we're, we're, like we have a project in new york we have to go do it okay that's fine it's like we're always ready to go and do something it's beautiful man we never fight it's like it's crazy like you know how they say if there's no fighting in a like friendship or a relationship there's a problem man there's no problems alhamdulillah alhamdulillah i love it i love muslims of the world and i love like the team that i have i'm so grateful for everything man that's awesome you know mashallah um, and I guess now we're kind of on the tail end um, of the episode. So oh, man. Questions left. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this was a, a, a longer than normal episode, um, which, you know, not complaining at all. Um, oh, man. But awesome. I guess the first question of the first of the last questions is what is, you know, um, three things that you use in your daily life? It could be an app. It could be camera gear. It could be your, uh, a little bit deeper than your phone. So it be like an app on your phone. Just three things okay. that like you need in your life. So I need Lightroom. That's okay. a fact. Photo Photoshop, is it necessary on a daily basis? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Sony a7 III, it okay. stays with me regardless. Okay. The a7 III and the 28 F2 lens. 28 Those are F- things on a daily basis. It's Prime's results. 28 F2, I, I really do recommend it. It's the best lens. It's cheap. And right. I'm telling you, it will get you stuff that a lens that, like, say, for, I would compare it to the 35 1.4. And uh, it, it does it. does it. That's, that's cool. I mean, right now I'm dif- shooting. The difference is $1,000. Really? Yeah. Ooh. That's a that's nice to hear because it's like my wallet after camera gear it hurts. Man, it really I'm telling hurts. you, if you want the real like not not YouTube like reviews type stuff, if you want to know what is the cheap best option, ask me. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm an expert you. at that. I I was broke. <laughs> awesome. the, the thing is, now that I can afford it, I still don't buy it because right. I'm like it's the same thing to me. 
I mean, that's something it really that, is. I feel like that's a, that's one of those like money managing tips that people give you, right? Like once, even once you have money, act as though you don't have money. Uh, man, I'm telling you, once you have it, it's like, you're like, why would I like, I didn't mm. like, if I wanted it that bad when I was broke, I would have found a way to buy it. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Um, okay. And then I hope you have a long answer for this one. It's like the final, the final answer, uh, the final question of the it. podcast. What is your advice for someone who really looks up to you and kind of wants to be in a similar position to you? My, my best advice is don't try to be somebody else. Uh, always remind yourself who you are. Always go back to God. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't have been in the position that I'm in now. Uh, man, the, like my advice is literally being a good person. Man, I, it, it could get you so far. Being nice is, being nice got me jobs. You know what I mean? Like forget the field, like the field that I'm in. You could be in any kind of field. Like if, if you're listening to this and you're, you're, you're pursuing you know, uh, you, you're about to, you know, go for your residency and after med school, man, like just again, huh? Residency. residency. If you're going for your residency, if you're going for your residency, man, just be a good person, be nice to your patients, be nice to your coworkers and you'll land the job. It's like being dedicated. Isn't the hard part being, uh, educated. Isn't the hard part networking is that's truly the hard part and you can't network being an asshole you know and that's what got me far being nice uh because i could be mean i've been through the worst a, a person can go through i could be the meanest person and i have the right to and i i choose to be a nice person because uh man look, look at the prophet peace be upon him he's he went through it but he was the the, the most gentle person and I want to be like that, you know, I want people to know that I've been through stuff, but I want people to know that I'm, I'm a good person and I want to be remembered as a good person more than a successful person. I don't want to be remembered as successful. I want to be remembered as a good person, a gentle person. That's awesome to hear. Thank you so much for coming on this episode, Yezin. And thanks to everyone who listened. Um, you can find Yezin and the Muslims of the world team on Instagram at Yezeni or at Yezin I. Um, you can yeah. find Muslims of the world at Muslims of the world. Is there any other social medias that you kind of want to uh, give some light to? Shout out to Omar. Go follow him on Instagram too. <laughs> awesome. of applause for Omar. Thank you so much. And the newest member of Team MOTW. Yes, I made it. Let's I do made it. it. Uh, so thanks for listening. If you're going to go out, please wear a mask. Peace. <laughs>